Truth Still Matters, episode number 12. Come one, come all. Welcome to the Catholic Podcast. Truth Still Matters. The human person is made for truth. Despite this dictatorship of relativism, we breathe every day. This podcast exists in the stream of the new evangelization championed by Pope John Paul the Great and continue with Pope Emeritus Benedict XVI and Pope Francis. We will have the opportunity to learn and reflect on the timeless truths revealed by God and deposited in the Catholic Church. If you're looking for apologetics or theology that can be applied to your life right now, you've found a new home. Stop drowning in the world of opinion and embrace yourselves for truth still matters. Can you believe it? You and I have made it back for another episode of Truth Still Matters. This is a place where you can count on growing in your faith. If you've ever been challenged about why Christians believe a certain thing, if you've ever been challenged, why do Catholics uh, do certain things? This is the place where you can become equipped, not just to win an argument, but to be prepared to give an answer, a defense for the hope that's within you. Because without hope, there's no meaning in life. And I mean, not just wishful thinking, but the theological virtue of hope, where it's a gift from God, whereby we experience him now, and yet there's more to come. This is the place where we escape the world of opinion, where I have my truth and you have your truth. No, we are putting forth absolute truth. That is truth that is cut away from anything outside of it. This truth doesn't depend on the year. This truth doesn't depend on a public opinion poll. This truth doesn't depend on what the government is saying. This truth is absolute. This truth is a person, Christ Jesus. And so I'm so glad to share this precious time with you, whether you're in your car, your office, in the kitchen, it doesn't matter. God knew about this moment from the beginning of time. And this is a place where you and I both can lift up his name forever and ever. Now, this truth still matters is going to be a bit different. It is. My last episode was producing uh, about six months ago. No, not six months, about four months. And the reason for this long break is because of an event that happened in my life. And this episode is dedicated to the love of my life, Dr. Monica Mouton Sanders. She was my wife. We were married for 14 years, and I lost her February 13th at 4.10 in the afternoon to cancer. And there's nothing really to be said. Uh, it, it wrecked my world. It 
felt as if, I still feel as if I haven't been able to come up for air. But one thing that I know for sure, and that is she wanted me to continue. The only reason that I've had the courage to produce this podcast and to start this podcast, Truth Still Matters, because of the, the encouragement of my wife, Monica. She saw things in me that I'd probably still to this day don't see. I'm teaching theology now at a high school, Brother Rice High School, Bloomfield Hills, Michigan. And the reason why I'm there is because of Monica. In 2011, she was diagnosed with breast cancer. And that was very scary. And to make a long story short, she had chemo, but she couldn't start the regular treatment of chemo because she was pregnant at the time with our fourth daughter, Nyla and Lorel. She did start chemo, but she didn't start it in full effect. It was obvious that she couldn't. She put Nyla's life first. And everyone understood that. I understood that. The doctors understood that. Nyla was born in January. And her birth wasn't as smooth as we would have expected it to be. She had to have surgery the day after she was born. But she's fine and well now. But after Nyla's birth, we began to pursue more aggressive treatment for Monica's breast cancer. She went through various rounds, several rounds of chemotherapy, uh, surgery and radiation. And I'm telling you, we thought we had this thing beat. We really did. Life had started getting back to normal. Different normal, but normal. And Monica felt the urge, the call to homeschool. She had been receiving this call for a while and she acted on it. And she began to homeschool our four daughters, Gabrielle, Rhea, Michelle, and Nyla. And as a part of their homeschooling curriculum, she would take them to daily mass. That's what homeschooling allows for, great flexibility. And so I would check in every now and then with calls and, and I would teach throughout the day and I would come home and check. But I was also working several jobs. My main job was you know, teaching theology and I began to uh, do a little bookkeeping job on the side and also taught at my local parish. So I stayed busy and Monica was busy too. And we would kind of uh, see each other in the house. It was like ships passing through the night at times, but she always had the sense that we needed to stay connected. And so she would force me to sit down and we would talk about our day and we would talk about how things were going. And Christmas was coming up, Christmas of 2013. And all we had big plans and we were excited for this time. And about a week before Christmas, uh, a kind of cold bug went through the house and it affected all of us, it affected Monica, but Monica didn't shake hers. And so we had to, we went to the doctor's office and the doctor sent her home with um, 
basically with an antibiotic and Monica didn't trust that. Monica never, um, she always was in touch with her body and regardless of what a doctor said, she would act on how she was feeling and thank God for that. We went to the emergency room on her initiative and she was diagnosed with pneumonia. She spent about a week in the hospital and I was there with her and that was during the Christmas week and that was very rough and tough but we made the best out of it. We hated being away from our, da our daughters you know, for, during Christmas break, but we had to make sure that she was okay. And after about a week, she was released and sent home with oxygen. The written report from the emergency visit was forwarded to her regular oncologist team at U of M. They read the report and just by the reading of the report, wanted her to come in. And that was scheduled for Tuesday. That Saturday before the scheduled appointment, Monica began to cough up blood. So we went to emergency at U of M. We couldn't wait to the Tuesday appointment. And that trip to U of M started about a month and a half of in and out of the hospital. We'd stay a week there, two weeks there. And her mom and dad were up from Louisiana. She's originally from Louisiana. And um, I would go back and forth from work. I took a lot of time off. And it was just a nightmare, ladies and gentlemen. Um, we didn't know what was going on. Very scared. I was afraid that the cancer had come back. And we're trying to keep hope. And Monica's constantly telling me that I can't lose my faith. And, and we're, just, we're just, we're going back and forth. We finally get results back from a bronchoscopy and the cancer has found, has been found again. It's resurfaced, it's metastasized and as a result of bone scans and CAT scans and MRIs, we, we've, we find out that the, the cancer has spread from the breast area, the chest area, it's come back in that area and it's spread to the, to the rib and to the, the back vertebrae into the brain and every time a doctor came into the room it was just a setting for more bad news I just we couldn't take it anymore and we were on a roller coaster as far as our emotions are concerned and we would pray we would we would go back and forth from you know God being omnipotent and being able to heal to God is calling her home and we, we, we went back and forth from praying in the name of Jesus for healing. And at the same time, the next 20 seconds, we would be praying, we'd be planning for her funeral. I mean, it was just an emotional roller coaster. And our prayer was, Lord, help us not be, help us not to just live on what these doctors are saying because this, it's too fragile. Help us to stay rooted in you. And that's easier said than to be lived out. Trust me, it was just, we had access to the Eucharist this whole time, communion, but it was just tough. It was really tough, and but we still had hope that maybe we had maybe five years left together as a family, you know, five, six years. Yeah, the cancer had come back, but uh, her oncologist was positive that, you know, we could start chemo again and we could get it under control. and. 
we sensed that this was headed in the wrong direction, according to our perspective. And so we delivered the news to our, our daughters. Our oldest is nine, six, three, and two. And we decided to tell them so that we could be with them as they had their natural response to the possibility of losing their mother. And we called them into the hospital room. We told them. And the oldest went ballistic and it was rough, it was rough. But Monica had an opportunity to teach in a way that I had never seen before. Usually I'm the one because I'm, I teach theology. I, I'm, I'm guiding and I'm, I'm, I'm supplying the information and the content of these infallible truths that Jesus died and rose to give us that we might come to live with him forever. But when they were having their emotional time of it, as I delivered the news, Monica just cut through the chase and said, ladies, what have we been doing the past six months? And they responded, we've been going to church every day. And she said, yes. And do you think we've been going to mass for kicks? Do you think we've been going to mass just because we like doing it? We've been going to mass because we needed to. This is the place, if God calls me home, where you can come meet me. I will be here. And that brought a kind of calm that I can't explain. A kind of calm that I could not have delivered. A kind of calm that God delivered through Monica because of the experience she had as their mom with them. That constant everyday interaction. We know now why God was calling her to homeschool so that she could spend every waking hour with her children her last few months on this earth. And I just would not hear that this was the end. She is my world. We had become one. She's the reason why I'm teaching. She's the reason why I'm growing and maturing to be the child of God that God is calling me to be. And to think of life without her was just impossible. She said certain things to me that I could not hear, that I could not bear because I wasn't at the right place, but she knew that I needed to hear certain things. She always looked out for me, even when she was in her dying bed. She would see me crying and want to respond to my pain. Can you believe that? She's worried about me and she's sitting in the next bed dying. That's just the kind of woman she was. And I just wanted to do a de an, an episode dedicated to her because I still love her. I know she's looking down on us right now. And I consistently pray for her intercession. I pray that she's beholding God face to face at this time. I wanna make you proud, Monica. And I don't, I don't really know how to do it. But with God, all things 
are possible. Never in a million years would I have imagined being alone at 39 years old with four daughters. And you tried to prepare me, Monica, that this might happen. And I didn't hear you at the time. I'm hearing you now. As I held your hand, as you left this world, I was telling you that it, it'd be okay. And I pray that I believe those words for myself now. That it will be okay. I asked you before you left, how would I continue? And you told me to embrace the pain. You told me not to run away from it. You told me to embrace it. And that reminded me of Jesus's words to pick up my cross daily and follow him. And being without you is a definite cross. I ask if you're listening to this episode that you pray for my daughters, that you pray for my wife, that you pray for me. I want to thank everyone that has been involved in supporting us through the toughest time of my life, of our lives. I want to thank Brother Rice High School. There's no doubt about it. Uh, everyone involved, uh, Mr. Daniels, Mr. Bernie, Brother Segvich, uh, Deborah Greeny, everyone, all the teachers, the staff, the students, you've received me with open arms and I just want to say thank you. I mean, the fundraiser, the meals every day, I'm telling you, I don't know if I, have, <laughs> I haven't eaten so well in my life. I mean, just the outpouring of the parents from, from the emails to, to, to mailings to everything. I mean, this is my first year teaching here and I tell you, I, I, I couldn't have made a better decision. This is a family. I sensed a family connection during the interviewing process and who would have thought that I really would need another family. And so I just thank you, Brother Rice. Um, I came from a family, uh, St. Francis Kareen and Allen Park, and they have responded. They are still involved in my life. They, they, they came to the fundraiser. They showed up for the funeral and the, uh, just the, the family hour, the visiting hour, and I just, I, I thank you, St. Francis Cabrini, Father Joe, and everyone over there, um, the students, I'll never forget you, and I continue to be uplifted by your prayers. I can sense them, and I, I thank you. Well, I want to send a shout out to my home parish, Presentation Our Lady of Victory. I mean, you've been there from the beginning. You, you, you've watched my family grow from, from Gabrielle to, to Rhea, Michelle and Nyla. Uh, you, you know, you just, you know us so well and you will always be there. And I want to just thank you. I want to thank the Jesu community, you know, so understanding during this time. I mean, I, I just, I can't ask for a better support system that, that have been around us. You know, I just want to. Uh, another family that's been there from the very beginning is the Taft family, uh, Claudia. I just, words can't describe, uh, but what you mean to me and what your family has meant to me during this time. Uh, just just a godsend in, in ways that I could never have imagined. <laughs> just, just thank you. Thank you so much. And, um, and, and during the time when we were trying to uh, transition the girls from, from homeschooling to 
uh, being enrolled at St. Regis, I want to thank the family of D. Murphy. I mean, you guys came in and, and, and did what you had to do to, to help us with that transition. I want to thank you. All things work together for good to those that love the Lord. And I pray by God's grace that, that I continue to love the Lord so that I can see his hand in this. This is what he permitted to happen. And I've got to trust that he sees the bigger picture. I know that he does. At this point in time, I do not. And so I've got to hold on to him. I walk by faith and not by sight. And that faith cannot just be an intellectual activity. But it has to be a faith that travels from the head to the heart. Which helps me live. Because it is in Christ that I move, live, and have my very being. That you move, live, and have your very being. And let us not take it for granted. Let us not take our loved ones for granted. If we are in this world and we are in their presence right now, tell them that you love them. Don't wait till they're gone. Appreciate their presence because we are not promised the next minute. We really aren't. I mean, it just seems like yesterday that I was looking at Monica face to face and now that'll never happen. Until God calls me home. And so tell your wife that you love her. Tell your children that you love them. Because it is by his grace that we will be made whole. God bless and keep you all the days of your life. Amen. Surrounded by your love, oh Lord. I'm surrounded by your love. I'm surrounded by your.